Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above us for the week ahead. It is Monday. Can you believe it? It's May 22nd already. We are now firmly into Gemini season. I can't even believe it. A whole year's almost gone by for Tom and for me who have birthdays this month and others of you out there who are also Geminis joining us this morning. And hopefully everybody had a great weekend. It was a busy weekend for me. It seems like all weekends lately have been very busy. And I guess that's just part of the, the season, right? Busy was one of the themes that I noted for this morning's broadcast, because it seems like, you know, during this period of time from now, at least through the week, we have a lot of busy energy coming up. And now the archetype of the manifesting generator is up in the air. And that is because of where the sun and the earth are right now. So I want to talk a little bit about that today. Plus, I want to take an overview of what Gemini gates are in your human design. So astro design blending Gemini energy with astro or human design energy, excuse me, so that we can get an idea or a picture of what to expect, at least through the energetics of the human design chart, what might be being triggered through the next few weeks. And then we'll also take a look at the week ahead in terms of what are the transits that are, are happening. And this is a week that doesn't have a ton of stuff. It's not a huge week in terms of, you know, the, the energies that are taking place. But there are some key important things for us as we're getting closer to the summer, June, July, August. These are months this year that have a lot of energy of transformation associated with them and also some, you know, slow down signs. It, if we had a sign that said slow uh, or watch out, I, I would hold that one up for this summer. So here we are in a time period then where we're anticipating um, some big changes on the horizon. So we'll, we, what we do now has great impact and import to what goes on for us later in the summer. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We start the day today with the moon in Cancer. It's funny when the moon when the sun moved into Gemini yesterday, the moon was also in Gemini. So we had a coherence going on between the sun and the moon as we work, you know, work our way into the Gemini season. Now, like anything, any event, any birth, we can draw up a chart for that particular time period and a birth chart. And before we launch into what the moon and cancer is all about, I happen to find it, it, some weird things happen to me sometimes. Like I was watching, I was watching a video at some point during the weekend and I recognized the, um, the person who was doing the webinar. I don't even know how I got onto this webinar. I'm, seriously, I don't. And the guy's name was uh, Henry Seltzer, a, an astrologer. And I was like, God, that name sounds so familiar. And then he's he's talking about the, the different uh, astrological things of this topic, which was uh, really about Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, and the uh, uh, asteroid, or she's not an asteroid, she's a dwarf planet, Eris who I've become very fascinated with, Eris, and one day we'll have to, you know, unpack that a little bit more. Uh, and 
I, I realized I had this book that he'd written on my Kindle that I'd never even opened. It was just sitting there. And one of the things that he mentions in this book was that of drawing up a chart for the year 2000. And not just the year, but at the moment, you know, the new year for 2000, but taking it as a what might we expect through the 2000s. And you can do this like at any year, right? You can do it for a year. You can do it for, you know, for a, a decade or a century, or uh, in this case, for a thousand years, a millennium. What would the 2000s bring? And the key that he got from the 2000s was that it was going to be a year, I mean, a time period of great change on the planet and great upheaval and a lot of conflict and, and uh, a lot of strife. Well, of course, going into 2000, we went into 2000 with strife, right? Or with a lot of conflict or a lot of uncertainty uh, because of uh, Y2K, right? There was the whole, how are the computers gonna deal with this? Are they all gonna break down because they don't you know, know how to go into a new century and, and all of that. So the turmoil and the chaos that, that uh, thought process brought to us, you know, was the kind of hallmark of 2000. And then, of course, not much happened of that. I don't remember hearing about any uh, breakdowns or anything of the sort. Uh, so one of these days, I want to take a look at that chart of the 2000s and see if we can't distill some more information out of it. But certainly the turmoil and the chaos and the craziness and the transformational energies um, have all appeared so far right into the 2020s so in the you know 23 years that we've been in uh the year 2000 so i just i think that's a fascinating thing for us to to look at and then maybe even looking at how does that uh compare with the human design aspects that were also being triggered at that time. Now, the inner, the, the, the sun and the earth are always, you know, going into these different gates and the different signs on a regular basis. They, they have this divine meeting at this date, at this time, and every year you can sort of sync your watches, you know, with that. But those planets from, well, even the inner planets, Venus, Mars, Mercury, um, they they can also be in different signs at, a, at the beginning of a year, let's say, uh, than what they were the previous year. Uh, but the sun and, and the sun is always going to be in the same place that it was. And then those outer planets, they're the ones that are driving the bigger themes for the, the longer period of time. So I just one of these days, maybe I want to bring that up for us and to look at it and see if there's something else we can't discover about what is happening as the 2000s carry on. Now, going back to the moon and cancer today, the moon is in a place that makes us want to be close to home or makes us feel more like wanting to be nurtured or wanting to nurture to take care of other people. And, um, yeah, that's a good idea, Pam Zaruba. Should we look at 2027? Yes, uh, we will. That's a good idea. Let's look at that. We'll pull in that year. And the reason for all of you listening this morning that may not understand that is that 2027 is a year of the evolutionary um, change in your human design to a more solar plexus centered uh, design. And some of the circuitry changes up, some of the uh, planetary placements are going to trigger different energies in a different place. I think we add two circuits and we also begin this uh, 
change over to where the solar plexus energy becomes sort of the master determiner of what it is that we are doing uh, and of what, you know, our feelings and becoming more about our emotions and letting our emotions guide us rather than be the source of reactionary energy on the planet. So that would be a good thing for us to look at, Pam. Thank you for bringing that up. All right, going back to the moon and cancer. So we begin a couple of days worth of home, family, traditions, nurturing energy, cooking, taking care of, uh, of both ourselves and taking care of others. So it's a good few days for that, but it's also emotional energy. The, the moon is very comfortable in the sign of cancer. It's her domain, which means that She's powerful here in this particular sign. And this is a sign of moodiness because it rules the moon and the moon, we see the face of the moon changing on a regular basis. There's the sense then that our emotional energy being sort of uh, affected by the transit of the moon, bringing us moodiness. So moods, changing moods, both in yourself and in other people. And sometimes that is a high mood, other times that is a more melancholic mood, but just being okay with whatever it is that you're feeling, but then being able to tap into that and ask the question about what, what triggered this feeling, right? What, why am I feeling this feeling? Whose feelings am I feeling, right? Because that's the other thing. Some of you have open emotional centers in your human design charts, which means that you are very open to being affected by other people's emotions, not even really very clear about what you yourself are feeling about anything. So it can be an interesting couple of days. I often feel a little melancholic myself when the moon is in cancer. Uh, somehow it, it just triggers more of that uh, emotional energy for me. And as well, you know, the moon in cancer in particular, really talks about how we grow and how we evolve by through nurturing. So it's like, you know, we take the seeds and we plant them, but there's the whole nurturing piece, right? You know, we, we get into the, the growing phases of things. So cancer energy sometimes also represents the growth of ourselves, of, of an idea, uh, of our children, if we're talking about children. And then there's also the learning aspects of cancer energy. So some people may be interested in learning new topics. People may be interested in going into new directions with topics. It can be a very fascinating uh, couple of days. And then, of course, we have to watch out for a few things because the sign of cancer uh, with the moon there especially is very security oriented. It has a sense of, remember the, the crab that represents cancer has a hard shell and that hard shell is protective, right? It's protecting the softer inner workings of the crab in this case, but it's also the walls and the protection mechanisms that we put up for ourselves when we're kind of hiding away or we are triggered by something that wants to uh, undermine our security or our safety. And then it can trigger our defense mechanisms. So sometimes the moon in cancer is the trigger to those defense mechanisms. And we begin to do things to keep ourselves safe or secure or be in a defensive posture toward uh, other people, perhaps uh, toward situations in our lives and that type of thing. I'm not saying that we want to avoid taking care of ourselves or protecting ourselves, but we do want to avoid going into defensiveness or 
over security orientation because of fear, right? That's the thing we don't want to, we don't want to get into that particular uh, mode. So the moon is in Cancer, let's see, all the way through Wednesday at uh, early morning, 7.30 something my time. So 10 o'clock, 10.30 for those of you on the East Coast, and then we'll shift into Leo. And now that we that part of the week tends to ramp up the energy, particularly now because Mars is in Leo and uh, the black moon Lilith is in Leo. So different shadows will be coming up for us as we get later into the week. So early in the week, we have the shadow of perhaps how we are trying to be more protective of ourselves. Later in the week, it'll be concerning more about our self-expression, who we are expressing ourselves to be. And then the more negative energies might be around things like ego or ego expressions, things like pride or vanity, you know, narcissism, arrogance, the more negative sides of Leo with the more positive sides of Leo being the expression of our passions in the world and the in unique individual expression of ourselves, of our gifts and our talents through that Leo energy. So be aware of that. Uh, we start, we get into the weekend with the moon in Virgo. And that's funny. <laughs> that is really funny because we're supposed to be going away this weekend, going camping, because it's our memorial weekend for those of you in the U.S. And we are supposed to be going camping. And I keep thinking to myself, there are better things I could be doing with my time this weekend. And now I know why it is I'm thinking that it's a Virgo kind of weekend. Uh, so I don't know, now I'll have to think about do I want to avoid camping in favor of getting things done? Or do I want to go camping and say, all the work will be there when I get back? Hmm, dilemmas, right? So that gives you sort of an idea of what the moon is doing for the week. And now let's go back to yesterday. So yesterday, the sun began the transit through the sign of Gemini. And of course, Gemini energy is a time of increased, uh, or Gemini season, if you will, is a time of increased communication. Uh, our minds are more curious, so it seems, and we're looking for more information. Uh, we're dialing in change or versatility or becoming more adaptable. Uh, we are flexible, right? Things are kind of changing rapidly through uh, this time of the year. Or it's that there are a lot of opportunities or a great word for Gemini, possibilities. Uh, and that means possibilities to learn, to share, exploring new ideas, new perspectives, um, you know, finding new information sources, and then of course sharing that, right? Communicating those ideas. Now, the sun in Gemini during this period of time encourages us to express ourselves and to connect with others. You can almost say, I mean, it's the ending of the spring season in the northern hemisphere. So we begin to be uh, resonate with a little more of that outer world activity. We want to get, you know, we're, we're looking at vacations. The kids are going to be getting out of school. They uh, open uh, to, you know, being more flexible in our days and being able to add more to what it is that we want to do during the the days and the weeks. So, you know, we have that connection and we want to embrace that uh, idea of being able to have diverse things to be doing. It's also a good time to pursue intellectual things, the things that you've wanted to study or your interests. It's a great time for socializing. You know, all those social media networks are, they really are very Gemini energy. But in this case, socializing and networking might mean getting out more 
right? Not just online with your networks of people through Instagram or Facebook or whatever uh, social media that you are participating in, but actually getting out, right, into your neighborhoods, into your, uh, you know, with your friends and expressing um, in-person energies of connection as opposed to just the um, internet type or the social media type. It is also a great time to adapt. Look at your life and see what things are changing, where you've been in resistance to the change and or where you have been embracing the change um, and maybe kind of doing a throwing out the baby with the bathwater kind of thing, right? We don't want to do that either. We want to be able to be flexible and adaptable uh, to the, the changing circumstances in our lives, but also guiding it a, a little bit. So uh, we also should be careful with Gemini energy not to scatter our energy. It's harder to focus on one thing. <laughs> Tom, back me up here because Gemini minds are jumping, leaping from one thing to another. So we can become restless in a way because there's so many different things. Uh, to me, that restlessness then ends up causing me to not take any action because I'm not real sure which one I should really take action on. There's no straight energy when we lose focus. So don't lose sight of your deeper goals and your dreams or your ambitions, your values. You know, when you start to lose sight, it's maybe because too many things are coming up. And the best way to realign is to come back to what your goals are, what's right for you, what makes sense for you. So that is our energy in Gemini. I'm going to look over here and say good morning to some people. Good morning to Tom. Happy birthday to all Tauruses. And now happy birthday to all Geminis. Indeed, we're now in that season. Pam, good morning to you. Kajella, good morning. JLo, hello. Terry Lee Strauss, good morning. It's good to have you with us. Christine Buckingham, hello. And uh, Pam, thanks for that comment about the 2027. Joan Durchy, hello. Terry Lee says, I'm oddly weepy for no reason. So moon and cancer, right? So moon and cancer. Um, and says, Tom, oh, look, a butterfly. I'm not sure where that is. Oh, I, I get what you're saying. Like, oh, lose focus. Let's go that way now. And JLo says, oh, yes, procrastination sneaks in. Yeah, you know, pr procrastination is your friend, right? <laughs> mm. I think sometimes procrastination <laughs> is one of those things that happens because there's too many opportunities, right? Too many things that we could be doing. And uh, so then, right, I don't know which one to do. So I'll just put them all off until I know for sure which one I want to do. It's been... Uh, it's been one of those things that I've had to deal with through my life. Uh, now, let's take a look. I'm going to share my screen because I want to share what is going on in our human design with the sun moving through Gemini. And hold on one second while I share my screen. And boom. Now, you should be seeing the chart of uh, the It's sort of blank. I only I highlighted the throat center here because of. Uh, the fact that all of the all, all but one of the Gemini gates are sitting on the throat center. So the throat center, Gemini, remember communication and networking, socializing, all of that type of thing. So we would expect, wouldn't you think, that the throat center would be highly activated? And indeed it is. So the Gemini energy begins with a cuspy eight 
uh, energy, which the eight is up is down here. But the eight really is is much more of a Taurus gate, but it represents that cusp between Taurus and Gemini as we start the move into uh, the first zero to first degree of, of Gemini energy. And then as of today, we move into the gate 20. So here's the gate 20 coming off to the, the left of the, the uh, uh, throat center. And it's meeting up today with the earth at gate 34. I'm going to make that a different color. And so what we have today anyway with this Gemini energy for this week, I should say, is the uh, energy of the manifesting generator archetype. So now all of you out there, like e even though I'm a generator, I do not have the gate 34 defined and I do not have the gate 20 defined, but suddenly today I do, right? So today uh, and on through, let's see, the week, which um, ends the 26th. So all the way through the 26th, all of us are gonna have this manifesting generator feel to our lives. Now, some of you could have none of these, uh, either neither of these gates defined. You may have one or the other of these gates defined. If so, the entire channel is going to become defined, right? Which means that the gate 20, which is normally about empowerment, right? There's a lot of empower. We call it the gate of power most of the time because it has a way of taking the opportunities that they are responding to because of the 34, if it's a manifesting generator, that allows them to empower themselves and others. And the only key here is that you have to have patience. It's on the throat center and the throat center requires an invitation to really be expressed appropriately. Now, all of us have this gate 20 defined and we are, you know, kind of chomping at the bit to get our points across maybe to other people, uh, to get our ideas out in the world, to get projects up and off the ground, to empower ourselves. But sometimes this can be very frustrating energy because of the timing thing. This is a gate or this is a, a pair of gates. That timing becomes a very big piece. And the timing to be able to express the empowerment part is about having an invitation to do so. And an invitation is kind of tricky because it can be literal, like I invite you to speak, I invite you to share, but it can also be sort of a little more couched behind uh, sort of the, the idea of I can ask you questions and from those questions, I'm eliciting your responses and your responses to my questions might be the opening, i.e. the invitation to carry on the conversation, to keep the power structure of this all going rather than someone who comes in and just dominates a conversation. And there's no real conversation going on. It's really just a, a monologue of that person that just keeps talking and talking and talking. So being very watchful of this as we want to be able to communicate and communication is half listening, half talking, right? So we have to be sure that we have all of that together.
Now the Earth will be at the gate 34 this week. So we complete this entire circuit and the 34 is on the sacral. We should have defined the sacral, there we go. And the sacral is all about sustainable life force energy. Now that means people out there who are manifestors or uh, projectors or reflectors, this week you're suddenly manifesting generators. And that injects a lot of energy into you, a lot of potential for you to misuse this energy in a way that burns you out rather than understanding, hey, there's this injection of energy. It's temporary. I'm going to get as much done as I can. But I'm also going to remember that fundamentally I'm a being that needs rest or breaks in between those different engagements. Now, primarily the 34 teaches us a big lesson about response. And this is, you know, the, the strategy for manifesting generators and generators both is to wait to take action un until you are responding to something that shows up outside of you. So that means I might have had this great idea uh, about a project that I wanted to get off the ground. And now I'm just waiting for the outer world to show me something that I can respond to. And that is completely different for those people that are projectors and reflectors and uh, manifestors, right? They have a, a different way typically of taking action on things. But now response is your friend. And response, then you're waiting just long enough to find out if there's something in your outer world and then go back to your own strategy right? If your own strategy is response, waiting to respond, then you're okay. But those other three types that have different, the projectors have to wait to be invited. The manifestors are just pure creator beings. And the reflectors still need to wait that full 28 day period of time when they're entering into the big things in life. It doesn't work if you're just finding out from a friend whether or not you're going to go out to lunch. That You don't need to wait 28 days for that. But if you're going to start a new project that's going to inquire or require a lot of time and effort or money, that's definitely something that you want to wait for response for this week. And then always use your 28-day strategy. And I'm saying that because we actually do have a reflector in our audience this morning. Uh, okay, so I hope that makes sense. Now, the next gate, uh, let me take the 34 away so that doesn't get confusing because that won't be there except for the first week. Uh, as we move on, we get to the gate 16 on the throat center. And this will be the next week in human design, right? So next week's energy where the sun will sit at the gate 16, also a communication gate. But what we communicate here is enthusiasm is excitement, is the power that comes when we are passionate about something and that passion comes through our voice and we're speaking to that passion. And yet there's also the need to make sure uh, that you're speaking again with that invitation, right? That that in some way the, the universe has pulled you into this conversation or that, you know, you're in a group of people and you're all chatting about something. But because this is contagious enthusiasm that comes up in that week. And so if you are, you know, excited about something this is so typical Gemini, by the way, you could be very excited about something one week and then the next week it's gone. 
But if it was contagious excitement and you've gotten all these people interested in it and then you're no longer interested in it, it could become sort of dysfunctional. <laughs> so we want to watch out for that. Speak from enthusiasm, share from enthusiasm, but make sure that it is being done with an invitation to share that with others. And then as we get to the next week, we come over here to the 35. And the 35 is a very experiential gate. The 35, I often, all, I, I don't know where I got this originally. I think it was way back in years gone by when I first started learning human design. And someone described it as sort of a Jack or Jill of all trades because the 35 wants to share from their experiences. All right, so 35 energy on the throat shares from the things that they've experimented with, whether it's, you know, worked out or not. Um, they, they share, you know, their wisdom from their insights from things that they've experienced throughout their lives. The lower energy in this gate can sometimes get jaded by the experiences and then what they end up sharing with others is the negative form of that experience so um rather than it being a, an expression of this is what i learned through this experience and yeah it wasn't pleasant but you know this is you know it, it still taught me how to do something or how to be or how to change um, they share it from that jaded point of view so that's one thing we'll want to be careful of if we're sharing with others, which we likely would be during this week, sharing of our experiences. We want to be careful that it doesn't end with that negative, you know, never doing that again, kind of don't ever try this kind of energy, but more like, you know, that it might not be a good idea to do things this way, but here are the things that I learned in the experience that I was having. So the 35, very powerful for us to share the stories of humanity through the experiences of humanity with one another, right? Moving a message throughout all of humanity. All right, the next week we get to the gate 45. Now the 45 links up to the um, will center. And that means this is in some ways a money channel or a resource channel. And so the 45 end of things is in uh, traditional human design, they used to call this the gate of the king or the queen, um, where all the resources were theirs and from it was their responsibility to distribute those resources appropriately to others. But there was always this sense of entitlement that came with the 45. You kind of felt it in the descriptions of the 45. It is a channel or a gate that we think of as distribution and distribution meaning taking of the resources and then distributing them outward to the right people, to the people that need them or that, you know, the, the just the right groups of people, but sometimes also will hoard that those um, resources or gets into a, um, these are mine to do with as I please, and and maybe I'm not going to share like I was going to share. So we we have to be very careful this week. The gate itself is one that can be very prosperous. So it it's an energy again of sharing, but it's not. It, all resources aren't money, right? So resources can be information. Resources can be your time. Resources can be something more literal, right? It can be, you know, your um, things that you have that you're sharing with others. So this is a, a week of sharing and of distributing resources uh, to others 
but including yourself, you, you also get to have resources. It's not like you have to give everything in your life away. <laughs> no, but you want to be able to share the things appropriately with other people. The week after that, we're still in Gemini energy. We're now at the energy of the gate 12. The gate 12 is called the gate of the channel. And the channel, meaning this is an energy of divine communication, divine transference, if you will, of that information. It is, I. this is the sun in my own natal chart. So I'm very familiar with this energy. When it comes in, it's like dropping in information that then gets shared with others, not always knowing that you're channeling information from the stream of consciousness out there. Um, but that's indeed what happens with this gate. So everybody able to channel in messages and share them with others again with the right people in the right time. And that happens with the invitation to do so, right? Uh, then the last week of the month, the last day or so of the of the Gemini period moves us right here to the gate 15. It's very cuspy here. It is like the 29th degree into the zero and one degree, two degrees of, of Cancer. So again, a cuspy uh, kind of energy. So it's not full on Gemini. It's really more rather cancer energy. But it also is the, the gate where we sense a change in the seasons, right? We bring up the summer solstice at this point in time. And the gates of love, which are the 10, I'm going to make these pink. There we go. So 10, 15, uh, 46. Hello, 46. Make you pink and 25, those are called the gates of love. And every one of them has an iteration at the changing of the seasons, whether it's the equinox or the solstice. So the solstice, for example, uh, summer solstice, for those of us in the Northern hemisphere, the sun would be at the gate 15, the earth at the gate 10. If we get to the winter solstice, then we have it turned around where the sun would be at the gate 10, and the earth at the gate 15. And the equinoxes then bring up the 25 and the 46 in uh, either the 46 with the sun, 25 with the earth, or the opposite, the 25 at the sun and the 46 at the earth. So the turning of the seasons as an end of, in this case, an end of Gemini, beginning of Cancer time, where we start to work with the energy of compassion, love for our fellow humanities, our humans, the love of humanity is the name of the gate. And uh, it is an energy where we are, you know, more triggered to work with others, to share uh, with others from that sense of compassion that we have. But it starts at the very end of Gemini and then the opening act of Cancer energy. All right, I'm going to stop sharing my screen here. Go back to StreamYard. How's everybody doing out there? Good. Anybody have questions about all of that Gemini energy? Uh, let's see. JLo, I have both personality north and south node. Uh, where? Where do you have those? I want to know. Treat yourself. Julie, good morning to you. Jana, good morning. She says, good morning and happy Monday to everybody. And... Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to mess up this name. So Tagamu Ningamu, uh, someone help me feed my kids. They have gone without food from yesterday and until now I have no hope of what to feed them. I'm really begging. My PayPal account is, mm -hmm. 
all right, well, uh, as much as I have compassion for you, um, there are likely local sources wherever it is that you live that you can call upon to help. Um, it's not appropriate to ask people for money here in the broadcast. JLo, the 20 and the 34. Ah, so you're learning how to manage both power and response energy, responsive energies. Meaning, for example, with uh, the North Node at 20 is what I'm guessing, is calling up patience, right? Patience to act in the right time, acting with the right idea or the, on the right possibility. Uh, the South Node would probably be the 34 then is what I'm guessing. And the 34 might have been um, the past of just leaping into things without looking. Leaping, going in, moving out, going in, moving out. And all of that kind of be creating some chaos in your life. Uh, some, you know, the energy of starting now and stopping. And then the 20 with the North Node giving you more wisdom after you turn 40 to pick and choose the right things to act upon. So now you are hopefully more patient. You're more wise. You're using your human design type and strategy to help you understand what are the right things to take action on. So it's validating, though that there are lots of activities that you can be involved with, but you're entering into them correctly for you. All right. I hope that makes sense. All right. Now let's take a look at some of the transits for the week. And if you have other questions, feel free to put those in there. Um, so yesterday, by the way, when the sun moved into Gemini, we also had some, you know, sextile, a sextile between the sun and Mars, really good energy of getting things done. And the sun was also trying Pluto. And that is also really empowering energy, empowering each of us as individuals to live our lives, to live out our destinies, to move forward in a way that really is supportive of us. It's individual, right? There's not a, there's not a need there for us to do things that make other people happy. In this case, it's really taking the energies of what you know to be true for you and in uh, applying them in a powerful way in your life. And then the sun in and Mars, Mars, remember on Saturday, just before this time, moved into the sign of Leo. And that means there was also a Mars-Pluto opposition, right? Mars-Pluto, very active oriented around getting things done, about lining up with your passions. It can also bring up conflict and confrontation, though. So if some of you found yourselves either in confrontations this weekend or having to, you know, uh, deal with a conflict either with yourself within yourself or with yourself and others or others, you know, want to be in conflict with you, it would have been all around that Mars energy, both working together with the sun and adding its high, you know, heat to it, but then also with Pluto which would sometimes bring up things that have been hidden, the things in the dark, the things that have lied bet been between you and this other person, let's say unspoken uh, or unresolved and bringing those up to the surface so that they can be taken care of. <laughs> but it could have been difficult as well. Um, it was uh, interesting, I noted that, um, that that transit was happening this weekend and i i don't i think i told everybody on friday about my sister-in-law who had uh she's still in the hospital she had a very uh um 
negative sort of reaction to a UTI, a urinary tract infection, that ended up going into her brain and kind of causing conf mass confusion. Like she didn't know who she was and, and that kind of thing, which is kind of normal. The older we get when those kinds of infections strike, it can really, you know, go into the, the mind and create havoc. Well, finally, she's in a position where we can go and visit her in the hospital. And I was able to witness her very powerfully struggling to bring back her memories. And it was interesting to watch happen, right? The day the sun moves into Gemini, uh, with the Mars uh, opposition to Pluto, with Sun in that sextile to Mars, that she's working very diligently to be able to bring her memories back. And she's it's working, right? She's bringing memories back, but then she forgets. And it's like 51st Dates. Have you ever seen that movie where, you know, she wakes up every morning and her memory's wiped and she doesn't remember anything? Um, it's not quite that that bad, but you know, she'll remember things and she'll take a string of things that are making sense. And then, you know, she'll go on to a different subject and come back to the same one you were just talking about. And she won't remember all of those details. So major struggle with her mind and with her communication at this point. And apparently that does clear up over time. So, you know, the, the prognosis is good, uh, but the struggle is very real for her at this point in time. Now, later in the week, this week, we have Mars in a square to Jupiter. So Mars and Leo will square Jupiter in Taurus. And this is a very challenging aspect. It's a square, right? Squares are challenging. And it can create tension. Uh, that's what squares do. They create tension between two things. And this would be between the desire that we each have for self-expression and our need for security. So it can be that dilemma that occurs when we know we really want to quit our day job and become an artist, let's say. I'm just making that part up. Um, but the reality of uh, the security of a J-O-B that gives me an, uh, an income and, you know, supplies me with benefits or whatever is very hard to get through. So that square brings up that dilemma. So we may be feeling about, we may be feeling pulled uh, or the tension around trying to solve that dilemma, being true to ourselves and being really into what is it that we love versus the things that we're doing uh, that are creating security for us. Remember, we have Jupiter in Taurus specifically to help us find the right map to get through that security, that wall, right? Breaking through that wall and really moving more toward those things that really make us happy right, that are really uh, the simple pleasures, the simple um, expression of our personalities, of us, you know, our individuals, as individuals, I mean. Now, we can feel very restless, <laughs> good God, restless, and we can get frustrated with any of the limitations that we might perceive uh, in our situations that we're, we're working with. Uh, we might be tempted to act impulsively. Mars likes that impulse. It likes to jump out, act first, think later. Um, and or it can be reckless energy um, in order to break free from whatever it is that we feel has been holding us back or holding us down. So we want to be wise to that, right? We don't want, we want to be able to make changes that support us in being our true selves out in the world, but we don't need to throw it all over uh, and, and leap just for the sake of relieving the stress or the tension, okay? Um, 
because the consequences might be that we end up regretting what we've done uh, or we create conflicts with others uh, over the actions that we've taken. Um, we might find ourselves at odds with people who have different values or different goals than we do. And, you know, we've just gone in a different direction that um, maybe isn't supported by the other people in our lives. So the key to dealing with all of this energy as this pops into our awareness, and this will start, like I said, on Wednesday, is to balance our confidence in who we are, our enthusiasm with patience patience, the gate 20 in our human design, patience, and also practicality, a very Taurus word, be practical. We can use our creativity, we can use our charisma, we can use our enthusiasm to inspire others, to inspire ourselves for that matter, to even pursue our passions. Uh, but we have to be able to balance that with correct boundaries and responsibilities. We can't just throw over all of our responsibilities, okay? Now we can expand our horizons. We want to be able to, you know, grow and expand and explore, but we also wanna do that with realism, right? Being realistic about what it is that we're doing, um, being wise to what the risks are in the actions that we're taking, and also in the, the um, consequences of the actions that we'll be taking. So. Yes, we want to take action, but we want to also be very um, specific about what it is that we're doing. We have to know what it is we're doing instead of just acting from impulse. All right. Questions, anybody? Hello, hello. All right. Uh, now, let's see what else is going on this week. Jupiter is moving into uh, gate 27 this week. I'm going to go back and share my screen again. Uh, so we can take a look at where the 27 is. Uh, let me take everything else out of here. <laughs> oh, come on now. Stop that. If you're not just specific with where you click, everything clicks back into what you don't want. And I want to get out of that. And I want out of there. Okay. Oh, eight didn't go away. And there we go. Now, uh, let's take a look then at the gate 27, which is a gate that sits. Oh, my God. Just ignore the whole idea, this whole center thing. All right. I don't want to go through all that again. Here is the 27 down here on the sacral. And the 27 is such an interesting gate, right? It's a gate that is really about nurturing and nurturing ourselves. In quantum human design, we call this gate accountability. In traditional human design, this was really called the gate of nurturing. And what we see in the gate is the need for us to use our actions, our response energy, uh, and doing things that are of a nurturing quality. So taking care of ourselves, uh, taking, helping to take care of others. It's also a teaching gate in that we are in reality, accountability here is about teaching others how to care for themselves first, right? So we're transmitting values here. We're teaching others how to take care of themselves. We're not mother smothering them or um, and, you know, doing things for people inappropriately. Um, we are teaching people to be accountable for themselves and responsible for themselves, but also for your own self being accountable and responsible for your own well-being right? For making yourself number one 
and being able to take care of yourself and to be able to see that the gate 27 here offers us the opportunity to learn about self-care and to balance self-care with caring for others and you know you can either do that through actual teaching right or by being the example right of how to be a nurturing individual but to also do that in balance and harmony by filling up your own cup first right we fill up our own cup first here and that's the big big deal um jupiter is i had this all written out here this morning somewhere in my uh world or i didn't <laughs> that was what i was doing uh Anyway, I can stop sharing this now, but the the uh, the positive side of this is we learn the appropriate use of that um, nurturing energy, but also pointing it at ourselves. This uh, Jupiter will be here from May 26th until June 21st. So we have, you know, just a little under a month to really understand this energy. This is also energy of protection and it's on the... Um, the side of the, it, it, it ends up at the spleen at gate um, 50. And it's the very feminine energy of nurturing and, and taking care of, right? It's a, a connection to tribal energy that's primarily feminine in nature. And feminine energy is about caring, cooking, feeding, clothing, transmitting values and all of that. This gate has a strong moral compass. Uh, and a desire to make the world a better place through teaching of the younger people, right? Bringing up the children, if you will. Um, but there's also the tendency to overextend themselves. Uh, we may have a tendency to overextend ourselves or what likely would happen is where you have overextended yourself or where you have sacrificed your own needs for that of others, you will find yourself in a sort of... Um, time where you have to renegotiate those contracts, if you will, or contracts quotes. Um, so you, you need to be able to renegotiate what it is that you're doing with people, especially if you find yourself in that uh, lower energy of maybe regret or um, feeling like you're being taken for granted, that type of thing. So the whole thing about the 27 is the need to balance our altruistic selves, right? Our humanitarian wanting to help others with self-care and boundaries. Boundaries, a big thing. And we've seen boundaries has been a word that's come up several times for us uh, over the last couple of months as the energies of planets were moving through Taurus. And we even sort of got uh, when they were in Aries, right? The whole idea of initiating ourselves in the world uh, and then caring for ourselves and then uh, we still have Uranus sitting at the gate too, which is also about allowing that nurturing in, right? Allowing ourselves to be cared for and to uh, have uh, others around us that want to help us, but without giving away our power and, and becoming dependent on other people. Uh, okay, so then also on the 26th, we have uh, planet Venus in a sextile to Uranus. Uh, that is, a, a, it's not a, a major aspect pattern. It is one though that can be inspiring. You know, we might be inspired of, with love and in affection, uh, wanting to share love and affection with others. Uh, but we also have 
uh, Uranus that can bring surprising things to the table, uh, surprising reactions to um, love and affection, maybe a, a, a relationship that comes up out of the blue, right? Where if, you know, you were looking for that one and you finally give up looking for the one and then the one shows up in your life. Uh, over the weekend, we really only have the sun coming into a square with Saturn. That may be a, a dampener on the weekend for a time. Um, when Sun and Saturn come together, though, it does help us get more focused on what's important, helps us get uh, the steps to uh, the program down, uh, you know, that we're so we're prompted to be able to do things in the right way, in the right order, in the right time with the right people. But sometimes that means, you know, our exuberance for the things that we wanted to do get clipped a little bit because things that we wanted to do might not have been in the right time or in the right place or with the right people. So we have to watch out for that this coming weekend. Um, and then, of course, Memorial Day in the U.S. is on Monday. Monday, we will have the shift from the moon in Virgo to the moon in Libra. And it seems a very, a, a sort of quietish day, right? A day to maybe to come back from all the places you've been um, and to get ready again for the week ahead. Uh, so the weekend, not a bad weekend. It's just that sun squaring Saturn that can, it could be a bit of a bummer, but it can also be inspiring in terms of being able to get back in alignment with the right plan of action for yourself. Maybe you see very clearly where you've strayed off the path and you can come in course correct, right? That's a possibility. And then Saturn, of course, also bestows the ability to focus, right? To concentrate on something, to be disciplined about something. So there's that. All right, questions. I'm done with everything I wanted to share this morning. I think maybe I'll pull us a card for the week. Um, I'm thinking I would like to do a Galactic Heritage card. And, oh, an animal. We haven't done animals in a while. So let's pull a Galactic Heritage card. And again, this will be a card for the week. Uh, let's see, while I'm doing this, is there anything I need to share with you? Oh, yes. Uh, last Friday was have been our regular Astro Design Meetup Day. Uh, unfortunately, while I was on vacation, someone was able to schedule uh, their sessions at the time because... I've hesitated putting out Astro Design Meetup because we've had issues with people entering into our um, entering into our talk that aren't there for that reason. <laughs> Instead, they're in there to you know create chaos, and um, so I didn't get it on the calendar in time, and so that happened. So this Thursday, the twenty fifth, we will be doing Astro Design Meetup at noon. I will post that out on Facebook um, a little bit later today. Maybe I'll wait until tomorrow to do that, but it will be this week. That's your opportunity to bring your questions about your human design, about your galactic astrology, about your regular astrology, whatever questions that you have that pertain to your own chart, questions, things that you want to get answered or cleared up. Um, let's see. Monday, I will not be on air. Monday, if I do go camping, I won't be in town. And if I don't go camping, I'm just taking it as a day to rest. Uh, but I'll probably work. Um, and yes, I will be here on Friday, though. Okay, so I pulled the card out of the Galactic deck called 
conservative attachments, card number 51. It is Earth of the Present. So it has something to do with what we're learning about right now here on Earth. And it says, when it is a time of transformation, it is natural to fear change. There is an illusionary feeling of safety in the familiar, even if the familiar is dysfunctional and no longer serves you. Take a look at your life now. What are you clinging to that is old and familiar? It is time for an inventory. When you clean out the old, you make space for the new. The karmic pattern of fearing change is one that must be healed at this time. When you resist change, it is often forced on you. Mm, isn't that the truth? You can circumvent this by taking small steps toward change, which eventually lead to great strides. Start now. And then the commentary says, now we move to the energy that is playing out on Earth in the present time stream. This is an expression of polarity that takes the form of fear of change, being too attached to the old, stagnant ways of doing things, and an unrealistic adherence to how things should be on one side, and that of trying to force change before its time on the other side. This card represents a strong attachment to old, safe ways of doing things that stop the energy of change. Change is an energy that can never be stopped. When it is time to change, it is necessary for us to acknowledge the situation without resistance and follow the guidance and flow of energy toward the right action for the times. It means looking at our fears and transcending them. It requires truthfully looking at our circumstances, seeing beyond our own filters, beliefs and fears, and taking right action. There is an old Asian saying that says something like, Unless we change directions, we are likely to end up where we are headed. If this is a card that's come up in your reading, it is most likely warning you that you may be too attached to an old thought pattern, habit, or way of doing things. Take some time to look at yourself honestly and identify what needs changing in your life. Then begin the work of making these things happen. Change. Conservative attachments, where we are attached to doing things too conservatively meaning we don't want to change. All right, that's a good card, I think, for us. Let's get an animal guide for the week ahead. And we haven't done animals in a while. Uh, Sandra Boyd, hello there. Now we get, ah, Coyote Spirit. That's a very good Gemini card. Card number 16, Coyote. Trust in divine detours. Coyote, she's a beautiful one. And then Coyote card 16. And it was right side up. In this deck, we can have right side up or upside down. So the message is, do you find that you are being led on a strange detour in your life right now? Does it seem that what appears to be the next right action and the right choice, best situation or fabulous relationship unexpectedly turns into the opposite or just disappears into thin air as if you've been tricked? Coyote Spirit's trickster energy is designed to bring you into situations to teach you lessons you have forgotten to learn. Perhaps you need a taste of failure before you experience success, a need to feel disappointed before you can truly appreciate the joy, love, and prosperity that is coming up for you. Perhaps you are revisiting a pattern you forgot wasn't in alignment with the life you are intending to co-create, being reminded that gratitude, not complacency, will keep you awake and aware of all that is available to you in this moment. 
Coyote Spirit reminds you to laugh about the unexpected twists, to develop humility and gratitude while releasing your attachments to the form of your desires. That's interesting because we saw that the other card also about releasing attachments. Even when you suddenly find yourself on a detour, wondering when you will get back on track to manifesting what you desire, remember that spirit has a plan and wants the best for you. Trust in divine order now. Coyote spirit is a divine helper. No matter what seems to go astray, things are exactly as they are supposed to be. <laughs> it's always hard to remember, though, when you're getting led astray, huh? So there we have that one. All right. That is it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I will see you on Thursday for Astro Design Meetup, if that's something you wish to participate in, and or I will see you Friday morning. All right, everybody, take care. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.